0: You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real training. Be sure to subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud and google play music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to stream you can also visit our website praisechapellasvegas.com to find out more info about pclv and visit our event tab to see what's going on this month lastly like our facebook page and follow us on instagram at pc las vegas thank you again and enjoy the message thank you for every single person in this house lord i thank you father for our visitors, our friends, and those that call this their house, Lord, their church, Father. And so I pray right now, Lord, that you would meet us here today. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, come, come. We invite you to come and meet us here. I pray that every person that has an ear, they will hear what the Spirit of the Lord will say to them, Lord. Uh, I decrease this morning, Lord, that you will increase it and that your word will go forth, Lord. Uh, your word is powerful, Father, sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. Let it penetrate deep into our spirits and remove what needs to be removed, Father God, and that you would have your way. And there will be signs, wonders, and miracles, salvation, healing. Father, you do what you want to do, Father God. And so we get out of your way, and Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come to do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people say, amen. Come on, give to the Lord one more praise, amen, hallelujah. God bless you guys. You guys can be seated already, amen. We're just going to jump right into the Word of God. If you were here a few weeks ago, amen, I started on a two-part message, amen, called Payback or Pullback. Payback or Pullback, amen. And so I, I want to finish up on that, that message, amen, uh, course, we had the baptisms in between that, and then we had a, a surprise guest, amen, that came, uh, Pastor Fernando, uh, I mean, he tore it up last week, amen, that was a great yeah. message, amen, that it was for the church, amen, and so we had a great time with Pastor Fernando, amen, and so uh, I want to finish this up, amen, from here, amen, uh, we're going to be jumping to our, our, our conference, amen, and so uh, we get next week, amen, before the conference, and so we're just going to have a great time, Uh of course, a uh, the following up, uh, the Wednesday before conference, we'll have Adoration Night, where we're going to be praying for specifically for the conference and pray for the speakers of the conference. So we want that Wednesday, man, we're going to saturate this place with uh, praise and worship. And then that Friday night, amen, it starts right here. Six o'clock, the door's open. we got prayer, amen, from 6 to 6.30. Uh, the cafe's going to be open on those days on Friday night. Saturday morning, amen. Uh, They're going to to be open, men, selling breakfast burritos, amen. And so there's just going to be a half hour prayer that Saturday morning, hour of of fellowship, amen, of coming, getting your shirts, or fellowshipping, getting some some uh, some uh, some some food to come in. And we're going to start right at ten o'clock here, kicking it off with four speakers on that morning. And so you're going to be blessed, amen. And so we're going to have a great great time. Of course, Saturday night, amen. And then we got Sunday morning with our missionary Billy Hall, and you're going to be blessed. By his message, Amen. And so, uh, brother, love is what we call him back home. And what better way to wrap up our our conference than with brother love, Amen. And so, you're going to be blessed by his testimony. Continue to pray for him, Amen. As as uh, for healing in his body, he's dealing with cancer as well. And God's moving; God's doing some things. But we're believing uh, the work in Ethiopia is still going forward, Amen. Uh, Mulu is actually back there, Amen. Getting things in order to hand it over to the natives there, Amen. And so. We're praying for God to move and do something powerful there. So uh, keep all that in prayer, guys, as we get ready for our love conference. Amen. And you don't want to miss. Invite people. I'm inviting people. If you got flyers as you walked into the the sanctuary, amen, by our greeter, show flyers. Take them. If you want some flyers, come see me. uh, Invite some coworkers, some friends. Invite some enemies. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have them sit right next to you. Amen. Praise the (laughs) Lord. Woo, hallelujah. Be, That'd that be some power of love right there, amen? Praise the Lord. But just ask God to come and, and just watch God move, amen? So I want to finish up on that message of payback or pullback, amen? Come on, have you ever wanted to seek revenge on someone who did you wrong? Come on, somebody, or hurt you in some way. Come on, you can not your head. That's all right. Praise the Lord. See, as we look at the life of David, we see that he had an opportunity to seek vengeance on someone who had done him wrong. Come on, someone that heard him, someone that that David respected. David was loyal to this person, and everything that David did was benefit to him. But King Saul hunted David like an animal. His number one purpose and mission at one time of his life, church, was to seek and kill David, all because of jealousy. For 10 long years, David was on the run from Saul. Come on, anybody here ever been on the run? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Maybe you're running right now still, amen. One day, David went into a cave where David and his men were hiding. And let's pick up the story from there, amen. I want you to turn to 1 Samuel, chapter 24, verse 3. I'm reading out the New King James. 1 Samuel 24, verse 3. Amen. It's up there on the board. Amen. I'm reading out the New King James. It says this So when he came to the sheepfolds by the road, there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of that cave. The NIV says this Saul went to relieve himself. In other words, Saul went to the restroom. Amen. All the caves. And they were in an area where there was thousands of caves, amen. The king decides to relieve himself in the very same cave that David and his men unite. Now, what do you think is going through the minds of David and his men? Huh? Come on, let's take them out. What an opportunity that you have right there. Right there. You got to understand. uh, Here is King Saul. Here is any David that had him on the run, amen, shows up. In the very same cave, takes off his robe, takes off his belt, puts down his sword, and faces the wall. Are you getting my picture? If there was any opportunity of vengeance and payback for David, it was right there. Anyone that you wanted to pay back, right there. I remember one time in elementary school. I don't know why I had beef with this guy. I I really don't, amen, but each time we looked at each other, and we would meet each other in the restroom. I'd be walking in, he'd be walking out, and we'd just bump each other, and he was like, I didn't even know this guy, and we would just look at each other and mad dog each other. And I don't know why. He never did anything wrong with to me and I never did anything wrong for, to him. It's just that when we cross over we're like two Mexicans, what 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 what? I don't know. I'm getting there. But let me tell you, one time I was relieving myself, and guess what happened? He he attacked me. And let me tell you, when you're in that place, I mean the <laughs> it's not a pretty sight guys <laughs> you know you're not your mind is not to really hit at that time your mind is you know what I need I need to get right but for some reason we scuffled a little bit we went out and they broke us up and and uh and that was it and uh from there on we became cool <laughs> I don't I don't know why. <laughs> We're like, hey, 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 what's up? (laughs) I don't know. It is weird, but the whole thing was weird. But here you got to understand, this man who was facing the wall of a cave, hounded, chased after his life had him on the run, he had sleepless nights, he couldn't couldn't rest. I mean, he always had to be looking behind his back because he knew that Saul was after him. And here was the opportunity, church, of taking him out. I mean, really, what would be on your mind? If your enemy was there unguarded, that was talking smack or doing something wrong to you, and the opportunity came to you, and it was right there, you're taking. Come on, how many would take that? Come on, thank you for being honest. Hallelujah, you're too saved. I'm sorry, hey. Come on, come on, I, come on. Just be even saved. You might even think about it. Hello. Come on, don't 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 think that David wasn't thinking it. Don't think that David, it didn't cross David's mind. The men were all for it. His buddies, amen, his homies, amen. Say, come on, David, let, let's take him out, amen. Let's Let's. just time for payback. It's time for vengeance. Yeah. It looked good. David was probably thinking for that very second or moment, saying, you know what? I don't have to run no more. I'll be the next king. No more hiding. It's over. This is it. Even his man, like it says, dude, this is of God. Take him out. Does David pay back or does he pull back? Let's read the story. 1 Samuel 24, verse 4, as it goes on, a New Living Translation says, Now's your opportunity. David. David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power, and you can do whatever you wish. So David creeped forward. Yes, he's going to take him out. And he cuts a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. Some of you are thinking, what? What's going on? This is his opportunity. Instead of taking him out, he goes to his robe and cuts a piece of the robe and goes back to where his men are. I mean, even some of his men say, you know what? If you don't want to take him out, let us take him out for you. And David rebuked them and says, don't you touch him. See, the man, his men did not understand what was going on. Come on, you read the story. I don't understand what's going on. God did say to him that he will hand you over his enemies, and you can do whatever you want to. him. You would think this is of God. You would think this is is right. The Lord put him here for this very reason. But David says no. There's some quotes I want to share with you. It says, sometimes the best revenge is to smile and move forward. Another one says this, nothing inspires forgiveness quite like revenge. How about this one? Revenge is so mean, returning a favor is nicer. I'm just playing with that one. <laughs> Don't do that. In thinking about temptation and seeking revenge, church, I'm going to give you two more principles. Two more principles to help you. I hit on one last, last time. Well, who remembers the, the principle I talked about? It starts with prepare. Prepare for the snare. Remember that one? I'm not going to go over that. If you missed it, go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and check us out. Amen. Check out that message. I'm going to give you two more. Number one was to prepare for the snare. Amen. Second principle, don't repay, show the way. Say that with me. Don't repay altogether. Amen. I want you to go home with that. 1 Samuel 24, verse 6 says this, And he said to him, this is David speaking to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord the King, that I should attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. Understand that David did not respect Saul as a person. David respected his position. Are you understanding me? He risked the position David was loyal to Saul because he was the king. He was chosen by God. Let me ask you a question. Is there a boss, a manager, a lead person that you struggle with? Hello. Come on, uh, maybe an unfair boss or teacher or parent. Listen, even a church leader. That sometimes, you got to understand, God sometimes puts people over us to teach us. God wants to see at times, will you tear the person apart or will you respect the position? Are you loyal in this area? On leadership that's over you? Or do you disrespect them? Or disrespect the position? You see, David was loyal to Saul. And even though everyone around him, all his men at that time and moment were saying, take him out. David rebuked his men. He says, you won't even touch him either. In 1 Samuel 24, verse 7, New Living Translation says this, so David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. The scripture goes on to say that that Saul, after relieving himself, went out of the cave and what a great opportunity for payback right at that moment. As he walked out, the men were thinking, man, David, you blew it in their minds. Man, you you, you blew it. You're our leader. This was it. God, God handed him over to you. God spoke this over you, and you let him just walk out. And thinking a great opportunity of payback was lost. David instead modeled his relationship with God. Listen and show true leadership. See, you want to be a leader in this space. You got to lead somebody true. Come on. Sometimes it looks like it's God. Sometimes it looks like it's right. because it Just because it looks right and feels right doesn't mean that it is right, church. A leader un- identifies that. A leader is led by God and shows his relationship with God and shows what true leadership is. Romans chapter 12, verse 17, New Living Translation says this, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do do things in such a way that everyone can see you as honorable. Verse 19 says, if you skip it down to verse 19, it says this, Dear friends, never tend to that to the righteous anger of God, for the Scripture says, I will take revenge and I will pay them back, says the Lord. See, David models men what to do in the urge to seek revenge. Now, I want you to imagine this. Imagine if God would say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to pay back evil with evil now. Imagine if he did that. We all be wiped out. (laughs) Any wrong thing you did, every wrong intention, he will pay back to you. Thank God he doesn't. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, instead of sending evil, what does God do? What does God do? He sends. If instead of evil, what does He send? Blessing, goodness. He sent His Son, His very best, for you and I, when we were in the midst of our evil. Come on, God sends His Son Jesus Christ uh, to die on the cross for our sins, uh, for our wrongdoing, for our Evil. Parents, what are you teaching your kids? Come on, can I can I can I bug the moms and dads right now in this place? What are you teaching your kids? Payback or pullback? Come on. You see, so many prisons, our prisons are full of young people who have payback instead of pullback. They've been taught in their homes, look out for number one. Come on, they've been taught, amen, don't be a doormat, take charge. They've been taught if someone knocks you down, get up and knock them down twice as hard. Remember, son, winning is everything. Come on, this is what we teach our kids. Now, I want you to get me wrong in what I'm saying here, church. Don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking that you don't stand in or stand up for what you believe in. I'm not talking that you cannot defend yourself, church. I'm talking about having a get-even mentality. I'm talking about having a revenge attitude with evil intentions. And my job, getting even, getting revenge, is almost an everyday factor. Sales is brutal. (laughs) It really is. Hey, bro, he stole your cell. What are you gonna do? And there's people that mix it up. Come on, take them out. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna pay back? Are you gonna are you gonna stab them? Dude? Are you gonna rip them off? I'm it's evil. They come to me at times. Oh bro, you were here you're, on your day off? She stole something from you. What are you gonna do? They 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 tell me that and they get me all rubbed down, like, oh yeah, really? what? what? I'm telling you, these are big sales, $5,000, something that I've probably been working for a long time. They come on my day off and someone else benefits and they don't even put my name on it. And they say, they asked for you, dude. They asked for you. They didn't put your name on there. Just stirring. Let's see what the pastor does. It's ugly, man. And they stir it up so good, it almost gets me to say, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take somebody out." <laughs> it's kind of like David's men when they're like, "Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it! Kill him, kill him, kill him! Take him out." That's all they are. Go, go hard. Get back. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm like forced to do it just to keep them quiet. But God's word says, "Don't pack, don't pay back evil with evil." Show yourself honorable. And my, my thing is, you know what? God has my back. That still not, doesn't make me or break me. Doesn't change my character. What's gone there, God replaces it next, next time. Amen? I, I don't worry about money. I really don't. I don't worry if I had a bad day or someone stole a sale from me. God will replace it. God will take care of it at the end of the month. At the end of the month, amen, all the bills are paid. And I don't get all, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather just be happy still. And I got to walk away from these people. But when I do that, I'm showing reverence. I'm showing that I'm honorable. I'm showing that I'm trusting my God. I don't need to fight over money. You really don't. If you trust God, then you know that he's your supplier and that he'll take care of your needs. Let me tell you, 5000 there, God replaces it with 10000 <laughs> He does. I get $10,000 deals. Hey, Amen. that's nothing. God can just bring in whatever, go in, buy this, and you send them to me. I mean, I, I get sales sometimes real easy where I don't have to work as hard. So my God will take care of me and he'll take care of you. See, money issues causes divorces, causes fights and struggles, and people kill over money. I mean, what are we teaching our kids, church? Parents, what are we teaching our kids? Take care of number one, they push him, push him hard, take him out, but you teach them to walk away. Now, I'm not saying they don't, like I said, they can't, I'm not saying they can't defend themselves. Someone's coming at them, and you know, you have every right to defend yourself and put things in order. or get things in situations. But I'm talking about evil intentions, like, oh, I feel like killing him. Do it. Those are dads saying it to the kids. Do it. Don't be a sissy. What kind of teaching is that? Hallelujah! Take him out. Who am I? I'm like uh, that guy from uh, the teacher from uh, <laughs> not American me. The other guy, that that same guy, the same actor. Yeah, from the school when he was a teacher. Orale, <laughs> stand by. Orale. Oh, we got a smarty pants here, you know. <laughs> James Omon, say, man, hallelujah. Edward, Ed, whatever, that, that dude. Great movie, by the way, amen. Teaching these young Latinos to get an education. <laughs> but when we teach our kids, amen, do we tell them pay back? Or do we teach them pull back? And do you teach them why? See, so many of us parents, who we weren't doing, you're trying to do the right thing, but you tell them pull back with no reasoning. You gotta teach them the word of God. You gotta teach them why it's best to pull back. You gotta teach them the story of David. You gotta teach them these things. Otherwise, you're just commanding them, just like you commanded them to fight back. And now they're so confused now. You get saved and you tell them pull back. I don't what are you telling me to do, Dad? Well, tell me. You're telling them why to, to pay back. You gotta tell them why to pull back now. Payback so much easier, huh? Oh, yeah, get it over like that. Payback done. Church, church. We're supposed to bless instead of curse. Romans chapter 12, verse 20 to 21, NIV says this. This is hard for some of you guys. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, Give him something to drink. and doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil by evil. Overcome evil with good. Now, what does this mean? Now, you read this that I just read. It sounds like you're getting even. <laughs> it sounds like payback to me right here. That if someone, uh, uh, you got to be someone, you got to do something nice to those that are mean to you, and when you do them, you jack them up. That's what it's saying. That's how I read it. Yeah, that's a good one, God. I'm going to do that. Make them feel all miserable. But that's not what it means. See, that's not what it means. It means that your act of kindness will melt them like hot coals, maybe into repentance. That they would understand that what they did to you was not cool. Even maybe even turn into friendship. Hello. That your kindness will shame them. You may even win them over. Listen. To the Lord. Hello. I remember one guy who was on my nerves at work again. (laughs) Things happen to me at work. (laughs) Amen. And this guy was so just arrogant, telling me stuff. He was getting me so mad. And people were saying, "You need to take this dude out. You, you just, you he doesn't, you don't deserve that, whatever it is." And man, this guy really got on my nerves. And I had to really pray. I really had to fast. I really had to say, "God, you got to help me here." There's times I didn't want to even go to work because this dude was there. He's a young guy. He's young and arrogant. You ever met any young guys that think they they know it all? Don't look at him right now. Don't look at him. But, man, this guy was so full of it. And so the Lord said, what, what do I do, Lord? He goes, buy him a burrito. So I'm going to buy him no burrito. Buy him lunch. You tell me, buy this new lunch? Yeah, buy him lunch. I said, if I buy him lunch and everybody knows I bought him lunch, then they're going to think I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> but more weirder, more weirder. <laughs> They know I'm weird right now amen for the for serving God amen but they didn't even think I'm more weird They're like dude you're they might think bad things about me and like I was, I wrestled over this I said God I I don't think this is from you I rebuke you <laughs> imagine rebuking God amen <laughs> I did that I like no no this is not a God no 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 devil devil but being the great man of God I am, <laughs> I understood it was from God trying to teach me something. I didn't know what it was at the time. So what I did was I bought him a burrito. And I did some stuff. No, no. <laughs> I didn't put nothing in it. <laughs> I bought this burrito. I spent some money on this dude. And I went to lunch. I said, dude, I was at lunch. And. Here, bro about you real Let's think about you and you should see this guy's face he, he grabbed me like and i walked away i just walked away and he just stood there for a while like with his mouth like wondering he, felt, he started feeling bad for what all the stuff he was talking about me and it, it felt weird but after that church we became friends and his picking his insults all this little arrogant thing went away. And, and and he and he started to respect me for who I was. So he made fun of my belief, made fun of my who I was as a as a pastor and didn't understand this. And 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 that just changed him, brought repentance. I don't say he got saved, but he repented from his things. and said, man, I I've been meaning this dude and this is pretty cool. And we became friends from there. Thank God he moved him out, and he moved. (laughs) God gave him another job, and he left. (laughs) But that's besides the point, amen. I I bought him a burrito, amen. But we did become friends. He did come back and, and visit every once in a while, and there was really nothing between us on that. But, you know, when we do this, when we do the Scripture, what it says to to do something nice for someone that's doing evil to you. its not. This should be our intentions that God's going to make them feel convicted and jack them up, amen. You know, it's not to, oh, we'll give them a taste of their own medicine. And no, we do this because God says to, right? And if you were here on the Wednesday nights, amen, as I'm ministering, amen, do you really love God, amen? We, we, we remember this, you know, we do this because God tells us to. Why do we do it? Because we love him right? If you love God, you obey my commands. You'll do what I say. You obey my word. You know, so we simply do that. And I simply do what I need to do because God tells me to, even though I don't want to. I do it because God tells me why, because I love him. Last principle real quick. Step back and let God act. Say that with me. Step back and let God act. Listen, when David follows Saul out of the cave, showing him the piece of robe that he cut off in his hands, let me tell you, when Saul saw that, his attitude changed. It humbled him and also caused him to feel remorse and bad. And look what it says here in 1 Samuel 24, 8, as we continue the story. David came out and shouted after him, my Lord, my king. And Saul looked around, and David bowed low before him. You see, David humbled himself. Uh, He didn't seek revenge. Uh, David pulled back and did not pay back, church. You see, David respected Saul's position as king. In 1 Chronicles 16, 22, New King James says this, I anointed ones and do, not, do no harm to my prophets. It was by Ezra talking about David. See, Saul, you got to understand, like I said, was chosen. Saul was anointed by God as king. Saul just got disobedience through his reigning of king, amen, which we learn on Wednesday also that disobedience brings what? Death. Obedience brings life. Disobedience brings death. When you don't obey God's word, amen, you die. When you obey God's word, you live. And so we understand that. See, Saul didn't start off as a bad man, church. He was chosen. He was anointed. He was positioned by God. But, of course, his disobedience brought death upon his life. I believe that time Saul understood all his wrongs when David held that piece of robe in his hand. And I believe that he looked and saw that the kingdom, listen, the kingdom of God was taken away from him. That he was no longer going to be around for long because David held the royal robe in his hand. And at that time he noticed that I'm looking at the future king of Israel. I'm seeing that there's going to there's be a transfer right here. See, David believed, David lived and demonstrated his respect for God and the positions of leadership. 1 Samuel 24, 16 to 18, you King James this. And so it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul, that Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted his voice and wept. And then then he said to David, you are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good where I have rewarded you with evil. Conviction came in, church. David's goodness, instead of paying back by pulling back and showing the goodness, brought remorse upon Saul. And he's seen that. He says, man, you've been nothing but good to me. And I've been nothing but bad to you. verse 18 says this, You have shown this day that you have dealt with, with me well, or you dealt well with me, for when the Lord delivered me into your hands, you did not kill me. These are the hot coals of that scripture, church. This is the power of the meltdown. See, Saul understood his wrong and saw David as right and good to him. He understood, you have been a good son. You have been nothing but good to me. You read the study, you read and study the life of Saul, you come to understand that he is probably the, the most person in the Bible that confessed his sins and more than anybody else. In chapter 26, if you go forward two more chapters, we see that David had another chance to take him out. Come on, he was sleeping in the camp- with his men around him who were sleeping instead of guarding him. And here you will see God's delivering into your hands once again. But David again pulled back instead of paying. He stepped back and he let God at. Again, Saul cries out to him. He comes out and, and he takes he he puts a spear by him and the, the water jug by him and he goes and he comes out and he cries out to David. He goes, "I'm sorry," again. I mean, why does Saul keep coming at David after all the chances that he gives him to live? You know the reason. Anybody know the reason why? Because there was no repentance. There was no repentance, church. I mean, you can say sorry all you want, church, but unless you repent and do a turnaround in your life and forgive in your heart, freedom will never come. See, Saul. All he said was sorry. All he felt was bad. All he felt is like some of us, amen, when we get busted in our sin, we got busted with our our hands in the cookie jar, amen. We get busted. We say, God, I'm sorry. But there's no true repentance. And with that church comes no freedom. You can repent, you can come to the altars all you want, but until you repent at this altar, church, you'll never be delivered, amen. You'll never be set free, amen, until you come and say, God, I repent. God, I'm re- I'm so sorry for what I've done. And do a turnaround in your life. See, repent means that you no longer do what you were doing. You turn your life around and you do the opposite of what you were doing. Saul never did that. Saul... Felt remorse and felt busses and said, man, man, I was lucky. And then all of a sudden, I got to kill this dude. Have you ever known somebody that says sorry and keeps burning you? Don't look at them. I can tell you that was me to my wife. Ten years I told her Sorry. For ten years. Every time I did something wrong, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean to come home too late. I didn't mean to drink too much. I, I didn't mean to do this or do that. All this stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry for ten years. But till I repented, <laughs> then freedom came. So I repented and seen what I'd done, all the bad that I'd done. Once I repented then freedom came. If you don't repent, church, and you don't change your heart, you'll always find yourself seeking revenge later. You'll always find yourself, amen, never having a clear conscience. You'll find yourself never changing your behavior pattern. You must not only confess it church not only say I'm sorry but you have to repent from it. You got to move on without remorse and hatred for that person. First Samuel 24:12 New Living Translation says this. May the Lord judge us or may the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you're trying to do to me, but I, somebody say I, I will never harm you. God will do his vengeance, church. See, Saul was a king of confession, but he never lived in peace because he never repented. And that's the way he died, church. Romans chapter twelve, verse nineteen, NIV says, Do not take revenge of dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. See the problem with us, we never wait on God. We want to take matters into our own hands. We want to take revenge right here, right now. Especially when the opportunity presents itself. This is where I can pay back. This is where I can get even. This is this is where I take back my name. This is where I do what I need to do. We got to wait on God, church. Don't worry. You may think they got away from it. No one gets away from nothing. You're going to pay now. Well, they're gonna pay later, church, but you don't get away with it. Leave it, leave it to the Lord. He'll venge for you. Don't worry. And then when something happens, don't say, Yeah, Lord, you took them out. No. Come on. He'll take care of it. He'll venge. They don't turn, the, they they're theirs is coming, church. We reap what we sow. God's word is so. It doesn't change. It's going to come back to them in some way or some form, church. It's going to come right back to them. Because what you dish, you'll get. Let me tell you, I'm not going to dish evil. I'm going to dish good. Why? Because I want good back to me. Come on. It may feel good at the moment, but the long run, church, you lose. You lose when you take vengeance into your own hands. God says, "Pay back good or evil." I do good. That burrito cost me six bucks, <laughs> but let me tell you, it brought freedom. It was the best six bucks I ever spent. I, 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 I was at peace at, at work. I felt free. I was like, "Ooh, I don't, I don't feel like oh this dude's here." Every time he got sick, I was happy. <laughs> That burrito is the best lesson I ever learned. Maybe God's telling you, listen, to buy a burrito. And give it to your enemy and say, here. They may check it out to see, well, I don't know about this dude. Cut it in front of him. I say, I'll I'll eat half of it right now, bro. I'm not trying to poison you. (laughs) Maybe God's telling you, you know what? Pay back back good for the evil that's done to you. Amen? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, King James says this, but those that wait upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord. Those that wait and trust God. Those that wait and wait for God to do what he's going to do. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings of eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Those that wait upon the Lord, church, will new strength. Come on, you may feel defeated, you may feel worn out, you may feel whatever it is. I was worn out, church. I was worn out by this young man that was just driving me nuts. And I said, God, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to pay back good with evil, Lord. And you're going to renew my strength, Lord. I'm going to soar over my situation. I'm going to soar over my circumstances, amen. I'm going to run and not be worried. I'm not going to walk in that faith. See, God will teach you and give you those when you learn to wait. Trust God, church. Just trust God. We need to learn to wait upon him. Turn to your neighbor and say, step back and let God act. It's not very hard, church. It rhymes. I make it easy for you. Come on. Don't don't repay, show the way. Look it. Prepare for the snare. I make it easy for you guys, amen. You know, it's not like some, something like, what did he say again? It's simple stuff. You know, when things come back, I go, prepare for the snare, dude. Come on, don't repay. Show the way. That's what pastors say. <laughs> Woo, like that one, huh? <laughs> All day, every day. I'm a poet, didn't even know it. <laughs> come on, I'm going to write my own book, amen, rhymes for kids. Come on. Come on, step back and let God act. Church, let's just do these things. They're simple things. But if you didn't get the first message, I, 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 I encourage you to listen to it. Because sometimes we want to pay back so much that we don't prepare for the snare. The devil's pulling you in. You think it's payback, but it's going to do something that's going to mess you up. And so that first message tells you, you know what, well, you got to prepare for the snare. You got to think about what you're going to do before you do it. See, a lot of people don't think. They react by feelings, they react by emotions. And emotions, church, will mislead you many of times, church. See, a lot of people don't prepare for the snare. It can be the enemy setting you up for a trap. Amen. He's setting you up. Looks good. Just like that looked good with Saul. David, prepare for the snare. Come on. Don't repay. What? Go the way. You guys already forgot, man. It's so easy. It's like the ABCs. Prepare for the... (laughs) Step back. May God act. Amen. Why don't we all stand up?